Well, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, where you're starting a new series. And this is the summer series of happy. A summer, a summer of happiness series is what we call it. Today we begin the Beatitudes of Jesus Christ. Now you might ask, why did we start with the CDC good and bad stats? And I wanted to read those because mental health is a real thing and these are issues that we need to deal with because this is somebody's daughter, somebody's son. Suicide was the 10th leading cause of death overall in the United States, claiming the lives of over 47,500 people in 2019. Suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 10 and 34, and the fourth leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 35 and 44. There are nearly two and a half times as many suicides in the United States as there, are, as there were hom uh, homicides. Homicides. Think about that. You ever thought about that stat? I didn't know that stat was true. More people have taken their own lives than other people have taken other people's lives. People aren't happy today, and that's why we're starting the Beatitudes. Why do we start with such a negative? Because I want you to know, if we don't pay attention to the facts around us, we won't pay attention. It's just numbers that happen. It's the stats that come out in a book. The federal government prints it. The state government prints it. The county prints it. But when it happens to us, when it's one of our family members, one of our friends, somebody that we know, someone that we love, it becomes a real issue. And I want it for us as a church, as people who love the Lord Jesus Christ, especially to be first and foremost to love first, even when it didn't happen in our house. When it happens in our neighbor's house, we should be the first ones to respond in love, telling them how much we care about them and how much we want to actually prevent it. <clears throat> Many times in the church today, churches are starting with a lot of divorce recovery programs. We really stress divorce prevention at Town Creek. We want to do everything possible to keep your marriage together. We're very pro-life. We want you to keep your baby if you get pregnant. No matter what the circumstances are, God has a way and a will, and he'll see you through if you'll see it his way. And also when it comes to depression and things that we get into in this life, people are seeking after happiness, happiness, happiness. They're trying to buy it. Everybody's trying to sell it to you. Everything from laundry detergent to cars to houses, you name it, ours is the best and you need it. And it only costs you X amount of dollars per month. And they'll rationale with you, it only costs you this much money per month. And you don't realize when this one offers it to you and then this one offers it to you, before long, you're so upside down in your cars and credit, you have nothing to live for. People say, what is there to live for? I want you to understand if you come today and you're a member of Town Green Baptist Church or you're a guest with us today, your inherent value does not become not come from what you have. It comes from who you are. And you're invaluable because the Lord Jesus Christ has said that you're valuable. He created you. The Bible is very clear that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was God who created all things. As if you were making an aquarium, you ever gotten the goldfish? Who's ever bought the children the goldfish? That's the first pet. Raise your hand. Who's ever regretted buying those goldfish? Or those, those fish that will never die? I have to clean the tank, but as the tank is prepared, as the little gravel's put in, as the filter system's put in, as a little tropical paradise, a little guy breathing sub uh, air, air under the water, whatever you put in, shipwrecks, as all that was prepared for the fish that's going in the tank, so it was that God prepared all of creation for man, and then he placed us here in creation, and he said, now have dominion. We know the story. Mankind sinned against God and turned their backs to God. And said no to God, I'll do it my way. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ, we just celebrated this Easter. We celebrate it every Easter. Around the world, the world celebrates his birth, his virgin birth. And then the world celebrates his death, burial, and resurrection. 
Today, we serve a living Savior who loves you. We serve a living Savior who, listen, he cares about everything that you care about plus more. If you knew better, you'd know what he knows, right? If you wanted something good in your life, you'll say, well, I want this. God knows better. That's why he says, listen, ask. He even said in Scripture, A-S-K, ask, seek, knock, A-S-K. And he says, you don't have because why? You don't ask. Have you ever been there? Been in that place that you just ask somebody for something? Women are better than men many times because you love to have conversation. And men, you ever been riding down the road and your wife says, just pull over and ask. Anybody? Can I give an amen this morning? And then the men just keep on, uh, just one more. I'm always, I'm always looking down the road. Look, we're just going to go down to that hill down there. That, that right, no, not that one when I get there. That one. It's just, it's just 10 more miles down the road. Just five more minutes. Just five more minutes. And Wendy's been patient with me for 32 years, just about five more minutes, five more miles on the road, and I'm completely 50 miles away from our destination. So sometimes we need to listen. And I want you to listen this morning to our Lord Jesus Christ, what he says about you and what he says about me today from his word, from his teachings. The Beatitudes, look to your notes. The Beatitudes are qualifying statements from Jesus. Some people might find it strange, but God wants his disciples to be happy. Does anybody find that weird? God wants you to be happy. So the question I asked when I was studying this, is Jesus happy? Yes. Two of you believe he's happy. <laughs> is Jesus happy? Yes. yes. And he's giving his teachings, telling us the word you say in your Bible, mine says, blessed are they. If you look back to the original Greek word, it's going to take you back to the word happy. Happy are you or blessed are you when, and all those eight different things he talks about, this is what's called the Sermon on the Mount. That Jesus is beginning and he's teaching. And something contrary to what we might believe, uh, when I grew up, it wasn't always happy in church, but we talked about here this morning, God wants us happy, and some people find that strange. The Lord gives his disciples clear teachings on how to be happy. Today, we look at this first of the eight Beatitudes of the Lord. So let's do that. Matthew chapter 5, let's begin reading in just the first few verses. And seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went upon a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, how do you become poor in spirit? That sounds like something I don't want, right? Anything to do with poor or poverty, I'm out. I want the good life. I want the, actually the good stuff. I want you to see the transition. We'll see it in just a moment. God's going to take us, if you follow his recipe, his prescription, if you will, he's going to take you from poverty to the kingdom of heaven. Does anybody want to go to heaven when you die? Okay, so he's trying to tell you how to get there. We must come to him as we are, because he knows who you are. Some people try to get better when they, before they come to Christ. Well, Pastor, you don't know my life. I've done all these wrong things, these awful things in my life. Poor me, I've done this junk. And the Lord's going, really, I didn't know that. Do you think there's anything God does not know? So when you tell him, I'm so ugly inside, I've done so many bad things, you think he's going, oh, angels, are y'all hearing this? That's not what he does. He already knows before you even, before you did the deed, he knows what you're thinking. He knows where you've been. He knows who you are. He knows you better than you know yourself. The Bible says he even knows the hairs on your head. Now, me and Trey are making that easier every day when we get out. I never Trey. It's getting a little easier. Me, you, and Alan, we're all, we're all getting a little easier to count for the Lord. But here's what you understand. He knows, I, mean, I don't even know how many hairs are on the human. Does anybody know? Any cosmetologists in here? 
Can tell us how many hairs are on an average human head? Let's just say a lot. Would you agree? So the Lord knows me that well. He knows my hang-ups and my sins. He knows my past. He knows my present. He knows my future because he's God. But here's the good news I want you to know today. He's a forgiving and a loving God. Now, he's a God, listen, he'll bring judgment. If you want to do it your way, listen, he'll play Burger King with you. And when you die, you're going to face all your sins and all your judgments by yourself. He said, I offered Jesus Christ to take away your sins. I offered full payment for your sins if you would just simply come to me poor. Come to me spiritually bankrupt. Come say, Lord, I have nothing to offer you because you're holy God and I'm me. I know who I am when I, no one's looking. I know who I am when no one sees. I know who I am when people are looking and I got nothing when it comes to holiness. But you, oh Lord, how great are you? We praise you. We worship you. Lord, I'm not worthy. And he says, you know what he says? You're right. You're not worthy. But I can make you worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. That's the gift. For the wages of sin is death, but come on with me. The gift of God is eternal life in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the present of Christmas. That's the holiness of Easter. That's what we celebrate is he did that for you and me after he even knew you. Any of you get married or start dating someone in a relationship and have buyer's remorse? It's a little bit late after you say, I do, isn't it? Because when you get home, you go, ah, pick up them socks. I don't. You know, pick up, pick up that mess. I don't, right? All the I don't's, if you're not careful, or turn in your head and you say, why did I do this? Why did I get in this mess? Because we're looking for something that makes, someone that makes me happy, a job that makes me happy. We talked about the American dream earlier in Bible study this morning. Everybody's searching, trying to make that money, trying to buy that house, get that car, buy those clothes, get that stuff. And when they get all that stuff, what's happening? That's when we read about the suicide stats. People are turning and saying, I have nothing to live for. And they're taking their own lives. If you can hear me today, I want to tell you, you have something to live for. Before you, before you contemplate thinking of taking your life, please at least give me the benefit of the doubt of having a conversation with you. At least speak to a family member or friend and ask, what is your value? All of you add something to this world. All of you are giving something that changes somebody's life. All of you have a sphere of influence. We did this this morning, and it's, some of it's back where you came from. Who is not from Aiken, South Carolina? Raise your hand. Not originally from Look around. I want you to look. There's somebody back wherever there is that needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. I'll never see those people. I'll never know those people, but you know them, and you have the opportunity to actually tell them about the good news of the happiness that's found in Jesus Christ when we're poor in spirit. Happiness, this is a, this is a I'll read the scripture in just a moment. Happiness comes from God alone. Would you agree? Only God can bring happiness. He's the creator of happiness. He's the creator of humans. And listen, he gives you the opportunity to receive happiness, the joy, the blessed life. We've taken it almost making blessed as a curse word, right? Especially ladies, bless her heart, right? If somebody says bless your heart, they don't mean bless your heart in the South. Bless your heart. Bless her heart. Talk third person, you know, something's going down and it's not a religious worship service, okay? But isn't that used as, a, as kind of a catchphrase to, in the South especially when someone's talking negatively about someone else? She just can't help herself, bless her heart. He can't help himself, bless his heart. That's not a compliment. 
it's not supposed to be used that way. The blessedness that comes from Jesus Christ, the Bible says, out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing, and this ought not to be. We as Christians should live the holy life, loving Jesus, blessing others. So next time you hear someone say, bless her heart or bless his heart, and it's not in context, correct them. Are you praying a blessing over your friend, your family? Is that what you're doing? Are you bringing a curse over them? Think about what you say when you say it. Look at the scripture there. I printed it in the Amplified Version in your Bible. I mean, in your notes. Listen to how the Amplified Version says. Love the Amplified Version of the Bible. If you don't have a copy, you can use it on BibleGateway.com or any of the apps. Go to the Amplified Bible. This is what it says. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples come to him, came to him. And then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed, and here's an emphasis of the blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy, to be admired are the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forevermore. Did you get that? Listen, this is the people that's the blessed. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy, to be admired, are the poor in spirit, those are the people, that's you and me, hopefully that's you and me, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant. I'm a nobody, except, except when Jesus makes me a somebody. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Will you trade your poverty, your poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven? Would you trade whatever your riches are here now, take those and lay them aside, throw them aside, saying, listen, this is all the world's goods compared to heaven? Which one do you want more? How are we living today, though? Why are people committing suicide? Why are people so depressed? It's because we're chasing after the stuff that's here. And where the, listen, the rust eats it. The moth's going to tear it up. Have you ever had a moth eat your suit or clothing? Somehow we got a moth in the house. I don't like the way moths balls smell. I had this nice Italian suit. It was nice. Not the most expensive suit I've ever bought. I can't wear it anymore because I'm too fat, but it, I still have it. Right? One day. You don't know how it works? One day I'm getting back in it. And I took that thing out not long ago and right in there, three little dot, 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 little holes in my suit. I was not happy. But I couldn't wear it. But it brought back the scripture. Listen, you've been hanging on this thing for a while. You should have gave it away to somebody who could wear it because after you gained all that weight, you ain't ever getting back in that thing. There's no reverse on this thing after you hit 50, I understand. <laughs> I should have gave it away instead of actually keeping it for myself. That's how the people we should be. We should be loving. So none of us are perfect, not even the pastor, right? I'm guilty more than anyone. Look at the world. When the world says, go after stuff, God says, come after me. Go back to your notes. Happiness is given to those who recognize their spiritual bankruptcy and turn to Jesus for his restorative spirit. You got to recognize you have to do it. It's work that you have to do. Everyone that was baptized today at some point had to come to the point of understanding they're spiritually bankrupt, need Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and surrender to him. It's the white flag. It's not a commitment. It's not a commitment at all. A commitment is mean you agreeing on a business deal and you shake on it, I shake on it. I do my part, you do your part, we're all good. But when you make me mad, I'm backing out of the deal, I'm done, I'm walking away from the contract. That's not what he's talking about here. This is not a commitment. This is a surrender. The difference is you've been taken captive. You've raised the white flag and said, listen, I have nothing more. I quit. I'm dead. If you fire the bullets, if you don't fire the bullets, I'm yours. I surrender. This is full surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to recognize that you are in spiritual bondage, bankruptcy. You need 
Salvation that comes through Jesus Christ alone. There's no other way. Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are the words of Jesus, creator God. He said, well, I didn't know he was the creator. John 1 says he is. It says everything that was made, he made. So let me ask you the question. Were you made? Were you created? Guess who brought you here? You said, my mother, my father. Guess who brought them here? Take it all the way back to Adam and Eve. We're all got the same grandma and grandpa, don't we? No matter where we're from, no matter the color of our skin, that's why the race issue is a dumb issue today. Hey, we're the human race. We're arguing about our brothers and sisters. That's what we're doing. But I want you to see what the Word of God says. Listen, when we come back, say, I'm not happy today. And people, we did a survey this morning. Let's try it again. We'll do it in here. How many of you know somebody, would you say the world is mostly happy or mostly unhappy? The world in America. We'll just pick America. So if you think America is mostly happy, raise your hand. Did y'all understand the question? If you think America is mostly unhappy, raise your hand. That's not a scientific experiment. In the house of God, we understand people are unhappy on every corner. I have my rights. I want it this way. I don't want to be a boy. I don't want to be a girl. All these things, whatever God says is right, man is called wrong. Everything, the Bible warns us, the days are coming when evil shall be called good and good shall be called evil. And guess what? We're living in those days. No one's satisfied anymore because we're not leading them to Jesus Christ. There's only satisfaction found in Christ alone. And nothing else you chase after it, go after it. Go get it. That country house up in the creek, well, then the heavy rains come and flood your house, <laughs> right? Hailstorm comes, tear the roof up. Termites will eat the, eat the baseboards out. Pick a spot, something's going to happen. Go to the beach, hurricane's going to take you out. There's nothing nowhere. You finally get that thing built, and then you die. Anybody? Quit focusing on stuff. Yeah, it's good to have those good things. Those good things make the world go around. As a matter of fact, God gave us the good things. God gave us the beach. God gave us the mountains. God gave us the lakes. God gave us, remember that fishbowl story I told you? It was God who created all this so that we might live and enjoy it and bring him glory. Every time it rains, anybody complain about the rain? Last year, remember, it was last summer it was raining. People, I, just got, I just washed my car. <laughs> now, thank you, Lord, for the rain so that the birds can live, that the chickens can grow, right? So that I can have food to eat. I just washed my car and it rained. Like that's a bad thing that God let it rain. This summer he says, okay, I'll, I'll wash your car. I won't send you any rain. We need rain, Lord. It's so dry out here. My flowers aren't growing. My grass ain't growing. Last year I didn't even have a sprinkler bill, right? Because the Lord made it rain. This year I'm having to power it through. Anybody? You been there? When it's hot, we want it what? cold. When it's cold, we want it hot or somewhere in the middle. We, we're never satisfied. And I want to challenge you today, come sore in your heart, see who you are spiritually, where you are, and be satisfied with the Lord. Let him give himself to you and be satisfied. Let's finish our notes. A happy disciple of Jesus will understand that with him, life, without him, life is not complete. Should be without him. Sorry, I got it. With him, it is complete. Without him, life is not complete. Let me get that correct. A happy disciple will understand that without him, life is not complete. That's my typo. That's because I type my own notes. We want a completed life. We want to arrive, right? 
Craig Derrick talked about this morning. What was the American dream used to be? Have a good paying steady job, buy a house, have 2.5 kids in a car. Everybody had the dream, and then the dream got crazy. Now it's got to have a car jacked up on 20s, and, and now it's got to be the, the, the best house on the block. No, I want the corner, don't want the middle. Got to be a cul-de-sac. It's got to be in the country. Got to be in the city. We, you name it, we got it, right? Isn't that true? We're never satisfied. That's why marketers are always marketing more stuff to us. Mackenzie does it at home. We, if she talks about something, we talked about, I asked her about something not long ago. Uh, the new uh, VR glasses, goggles that come, the, the games and things people are using. I've read some articles on those that how there's a lot of smart technology happening, but artificial intelligence is coming over. It's going to be used, VR technology is going to be used in a very negative way here in the very short future. And she walked, she, we were talking about the living room. She walked upstairs and said, Dad, look at my phone. Guess what it advertised for on her phone? VR technology. The time she walked around the corner, from here to the back of the room, VR technology. Our phones are listening, aren't they? I want you to see the notes. Don't get, people, are, people today, have you seen society? You'll see it at lunch. If you're going to lunch today, I want you to check it out. People love their phones more than they love their spouses or children. And children definitely love their phones more than they love their moms and daddies. You take the phone away and watch what happens. You'll see the most spoiled brats on the planet. They'll freak out, can't even function. They'll start having, flopping like fish. Watch and see. Or just come by and walk by a table and just take your kid's phone and dump it in their water and just see, fry the phone and see what happens. Uh, they'll go in convulsions because they, they need that technology. That's our fault, by the way. That's our fault. We pay that bill every month to let the devil have access to our kids. Don't y'all know that? Every single month. A happy disciple of Jesus will recognize God's leading hand in their lives. Have you seen God do something that only God can do? Have you ever given him praise? Lord, if you hadn't done that, there is no way that would have happened. There is no way to explain what happened except the hand of God moved in my situation. The hand of God gave me that, brought me here, did that for me, brought the food, that check, that thing sold, whatever it might be. It's got to be the hand of God, the leading hand of God. A happy disciple of Jesus enjoys the good life of God's blessing. Romans 8.28, you ever read that? Let's go look at it real quick. Romans 8.28 means something more. It's a terrible verse. When some, don't use it when someone says, when someone's going through hard times. Don't sit down right whenever they lose that loved one. Don't bring this out, but just know this is true. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It's accepted by Christians even when it does not make any sense. Sometimes, Lord, why am I going through this? And if you can sit back and be poor in spirit, say, Lord, I trust you. I obey you. I'm going through cancer, heart disease. I'm going through financial situations, relationship situations. Lord, I don't like it. You can do something. Lord, why don't you do something? And people sometimes say, why didn't God save that child? Why didn't God do this? Why didn't God do that? And can I tell you something this morning? It's okay to ask God why. He's not angry with you. He loves you. You're his children. But God always has a plan and a purpose. And we're always dealing with sin issues. Sin always brings death. Always. Without sin, there was no death. But when Adam and Eve sinned, we know that sinful things happen. Our bodies break down. I got up this morning, my knee popped really loud. I was like, oh, no, not this. I'm about to get a knee replacement like Richard Bragg, right? I knew I was going to call Richard this morning. My knee hurt so bad it wouldn't pop, and then it finally popped. I said, is it already time for knee replacements? 
And that, that was my first complaint. And I said, Lord, I am so goofy. I'm preaching on happiness today. And look at me getting up complaining. Forgive me, Lord. I went quickly back to the Lord. Look at your notes, last part. So Romans 8, 28, it's always in play, but it's always not something to say. Do you understand? When someone loses a loved one, don't say, well, hey, God working it out. God's working it out. They don't want to hear that. The best thing to say when someone's grieving is nothing. Just say, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. Sometimes the best thing they is say nothing. Lastly, last two, a happy disciple of Jesus will look confidently to their future, eternal future with Christ. You're trading your spiritual poverty, if you will. You're coming bankrupt. You got nothing. You're trading that. Whenever someone becomes a Christian, here's what they're saying. Hey, I'm a nobody, and I'm trusting Jesus, King Jesus, with my salvation. I'm trading this stuff, this world, for eternity in heaven. Anybody want to make that trade today? And here we'd say, we'll trade it right now. And walk out there, and I said, okay, whoa, give me your car keys. We just traded. You'll get heaven one day, but all those cars, the church needs those. Everybody's like, what are you talking about, Pastor? And give me your house keys too. Aren't you glad that's not what God's talking about? Aren't you glad I didn't take up a collection and take everything from you? And you walk around with raggedy clothes like a beggar. You're always on the corner with your sign saying, I will work for food. Right, but if I get that extra food, I got to give it to God. He's not talking about being poor financially. He's talking about being poor in spirit. See the difference. He's not telling you to be the beggar of society. And though, even though there's people who lose everything and they get in that situation, he's telling you to be a beggar spiritually. I have nothing to give him but myself. And then I come, I give him my heart. And when you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, he says, now I'm going to make you somebody. And by the way, you have property in heaven, in the kingdom. The king bestows property, bestows a place to those who worship the king, those who are part of the kingdom. You say, what about me? I've never become a Christian. None of this applies to you. Nothing applies to you until you give your life to Jesus Christ. Look who he was talking with. Go back to Matthew 5. You say, well, he was talking to the crowd. No, he wasn't. Look what he said. And seeing the multitudes, he looked at the multitudes, right? He saw all the people in need. Just like we look today, we see the multitudes, but who'd he go to? He went up on the mountain by himself, and whoever followed him up the mountain, that's who he spoke to. And by the way, there were only a handful that followed him up the mountain. Who were they? Look at your Bible says. His disciples followed him up the mountain. He sat down. He saw the multitudes, but he spoke to his disciples. There's a difference. God sees the world. He knows what mess we're in, right? He knows our decision-making, our lack of decision-making. He still loves us. He loves the lost man and woman. Listen, he says he lets the rain fall on the wicked as well as the righteous. Isn't that true? We saw it rain yesterday. Did it rain in the wicked people's yards? Did it rain in the righteous people's yards? Yesterday's rain proved the scripture. But I want you to see this in the word. He saw the multitudes. He went up on the mountain by himself. His disciples came and he opened his mouth and he spoke to them. He taught them. He gave them doctrine on the kingdom of God. He opened up, if you would, the chapter of something they've never heard before. No one had ever heard this before. And he opens up that new chapter so that they might hear. Matthew, thank God for Matthew. Matthew scribbles it down. He writes it down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that you and I might have that same conversation with Jesus on the mountain. We can hear his words. He's seen us when we were born. He sees us when we live. But we can hear his words as if he's speaking today when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's speaking to you and he's speaking to me if you're a believer today. Isn't that good news? 
good news of great joy right there that I belong to him. I'm a child of the king, therefore I belong to the kingdom. What a good, good word. I have confidence in my eternal future. I even have confidence in my current life. If somebody shoots you for sharing Christ, guess what? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. If you live to be 105, guess what? When you die, you're going to heaven. We Christians can't lose. We got, we got no possible way of losing. They say ugly things to me, Pastor. So what? They sent him to Jesus first. They hung him on a cross, naked, beaten and ashamed, right? They tried to shame him, but it was part of God's eternal plan. Until you die on a cross at the hands of the Romans and the Jews and me and you, let's not complain, but let's be happy. Finally, a happy disciple of Jesus will live as a kingdom citizen here on earth. While waiting for the king's return or the day they are ushered into the king's presence, listen, we should live like we have a big letter KJ on our chest, right? Walk around with his signia. You want to wear some name brand clothing? Get you some stitch with KJ on it. I walk around with King Jesus. Somebody said, what's KJ? King Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen. Listen, I'm a member of his kingdom. Don't you like my clothes? These are temporary. I'm about to get a white robe one day. I'm going to get a crown one day. I'm going to have a new life one day because I already own property on the other side. I'm just waiting to go. Either he's coming to get me or he's going to take me there through death. But either way, I'm going. That's how we live the happy life. Well, listen, we live confidently, not cocky, not to the point of I'm better than you, but it's confident. Listen, I'm going to heaven when I die. No matter how I go, I'm going. Either Jesus is coming back from the eastern sky, he's going to split the eastern sky, the Bible talks about and take me with him and call me up. I might be in that bunch, or they're going to lay me low in a casket, but I'm still going. I won't be in that box. And if you have a Catholic background, let me tell you something. Let me just going to give you a secret. You can look this up and ask the priest to show it to you in the Bible. There, there, are, there is no purgatory. It doesn't exist. There is no in-between place. Your family can't pray you out. They can't give you out. When you die, you'll go to two, either one or two places. You'll go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you'll go straight to the place of torment, place of hell, if you don't know him. There is no in-between place, no matter what anybody teaches you. It's not in the Bible. That should have been a big amen. It's not in the Bible. That's why you got to be telling your friends, did you see what happened when Jesus went to teach? The Bible says he sat down and he opened his mouth to teach. So don't pull this happiness when you leave here today. So I'm just going to be happy around everybody and they'll just know that I'm a Christian. And therefore, they'll watch me and become a Christian. You got to do the same thing Jesus did. You have to show it, demonstrate it because Jesus was happy, right? Would you agree? And he sat down and he opened his mouth. And he taught them the things of the kingdom. You must, you must, you must, at school, at work, at home, with your grandkids, with your kids, you must come to an understanding that you can sit down and talk to your children about the things of the kingdom. When you, can you talk at work? Well, Pastor, you don't understand where I work. They don't want to talk about any stuff. I got to be politically correct. No, you don't. Let me remind you, you're still, before you're a Christian, you were an American citizen when you were born, if you're here, Right? You have a right to speak. You have free speech. Now, it might get a, you might get fired, but you still, when it, runs it up the, when it runs up the flagpole, the Supreme Court's going to end up telling you you have the right to speak. Did you see that with the uh, state of California is having to pay $2 million of the lawsuit from the church they shut down during COVID? They're writing a struggling in the check for all the attorneys. Praise yeah, Praise God. It was a church who stood their ground saying, listen, we first are Christians and we're also Americans. We stand our ground. We're going to speak the truth in love. We're not going to fight. They spoke the truth in love 
And then the Supreme Court just ruled in the state of California just had to write them a $2 million check. Click it off. Let's take it, right? While there's still daylight, we'll preach. When it gets night, we'll preach. Amen? Amen. That's how we live. So don't just live it out saying, watch me, right? It's listen to me, and I'm going to tell the word of God to you. Now watch me as I walk. I'll have bad days. I'll have stomach aches and headaches like everybody else, right? Don't walk around trying to fake it. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't let, it, don't let that society get into your head. Just tell the Lord, listen, I, I love you. I want to live for you. And give me somebody to share with, Lord. And listen, he'll make a way. The Bible's very clear. Graduates, Taylor, listen, I hope that, listen, I want you to be happy all of your life, but happy in Jesus. And he'll make the way for you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you this morning that we can actually pray and listen to your word and listen, look at your word and know that you're in charge of all things. We bless you in the name of Jesus by which we are saved. And Father, when we're saved, we're renewed. We've been made new. All of the past has been gone. And Lord, our future looks bright. Thank you, Lord, that you save sinners. Thank you that you give us opportunities to celebrate you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen.